Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Well, welcome to part six of Paul. He's got a lot that he's done in his, through his life and ministry. Um, last time, I talked about the book of Philippians. One of the books, that, letters that he wrote while in prison. He wanted them to look forward and not ponder on the past. To reach for the prize awaiting them. To those goals. And having an internal focus. And as an application to remember that no matter what you have gone through, are going through, or may go through, in the future, God promises to meet all of his children's needs. And this is, this is what Paul wanted to help the Philippians to understand. But next, I will be covering the book of Galatians. And again, I will be touching on four main points of the letter. The date and place written recipients of the letter, the purpose of it, and the primary theme. So let's start. The date it was written was around A.D. 60-61. Paul was concerned about the heresy going on in Colossae. These teachings that the false teachers were teaching were contrary to Christian beliefs. These false teachers were demeaning the deity of Jesus. They were teaching that Jesus was not actually God. So he wrote this letter to them to help them stay on track. He wanted them to know God's greatness rather than the poor view given by these false teachers. In chapter 1 of Colossians, I believe what I would consider a key verse is Colossians 1.24. Again, in Colossians uh, chapter 1, verse 24. It says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. Now, how many of us would say we would rejoice in our sufferings? I know that's contrary to how the world would react. 
But why can we as Christians rejoice even in the trials? Well, Romans 8.28 says a lot. And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. One good reason is because of this promise God gives us as believers. It doesn't say some things. It says all things. No matter what you're going through. What you have gone through, what you're going through right now, he'll work it to the good. Now let's move on to chapter 2. Colossians 2, verses 1 through 3, I would consider... Another key verse. Again, that's in chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Starting with verse 1. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. As Paul wanted to show the Colossian people to help them understand do we realize, as Christians, the honor and blessing it is that we are still able to freely just walk into a store, into a store, Barnes & Noble, or go, even go online and, buy, and, and, and purchase God's word? Many countries can't do that. And revealing... God's character and our instruction of living a Christian life. Sometimes I think we take that for granted. I know I do at times, and God reminds me how blessed we are to be able to do that here, here in this country. Now recently, not too long ago in North Korea, a U.S. tourist was detained for leaving a Bible in his hotel room. That just blows my mind. You know, it wasn't a bomb, and it wasn't a dead body. It was a Bible. What do you think? People are, some people are so afraid of the Bible. Well, I believe it's because when you're in sin... You don't want a mirror in front of you. People do not want to be told that they're doing something wrong, that their lifestyle may be incorrect in God's eyes. It's a conviction. And you've got to remember that we are in a spiritual battle. Satan and his demons are always lurking in the shadows. He wants to do anything he can to bring down 
God's ministry, or a Christian, in keeping hearts from being converted for him. Now, speaking of God's word, something else Paul says here in verse 3. He says, In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? Let me tell you, if we knew as a fact there was a valuable treasure hidden somewhere, I am sure most of us would be searching very diligently for it. But, do we, got, do we read God's word as if we are searching for hidden treasure? We're waiting and anticipating the next treasure to be real to us. You know, for myself, having ADD, reading can tend to be a challenge for me because the words bounce around. Now, even though it's a challenge for me, every time that I have read God's word and dug into it, I was always blessed and blown away by what was revealed to me. And it's something that we should all be encouraged to do all the time. Um, I'm still intimidated sometimes by it, but God gets me through it, I step up and I, I, I try to get it done and I'm blessed every time. In chapter 2, I think is a, a key verse, is verse 8. It says, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men according to the basic principles of the word of the world and not according to Christ if that's not a wow i don't know what is it was going on then 2000 years ago and the same thing is going on right now and i think it's intensifying as it gets closer for Christ's return it's getting more and more intense. Another very important reason why we should be, as Christians, be getting into God's word and getting to know him and seeking for those treasures. This way, we, are, we won't be fooled by the counterfeit versions out there we will know the original. Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 24 speaks about the signs of end times. And verse 10 in this chapter says, now keep in mind, this is Jesus himself speaking. And I think the New Living Translation says it well. Verse 10. And many will turn away from me, speaking of Jesus, and betray and hate each other. Have you seen the news lately? It's unbelievable. 
I see it's going on now. You know, when somebody isn't in office that they wanted, they decided to destroy their towns. Their own neighborhoods. Could have been their friend or neighbor that they've grown up with. Didn't matter. It's saying it right here. It's being revealed to us now. You know, when I read this, I really thought, I don't want to be one of these people. I don't want to fall into this trap personally. And I hope you wouldn't want it either. Let's move on to chapter 3. Now, there is a lot in this chapter, but I see it, the whole chapter, as being like a key verse because it's all together. And one of the things Paul was trying to get across to the Colossians in this chapter was once one is born again, you know, once the person accepts Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, we should not be living in the world anymore. We can be living of, in the world, but not of the world. And we, we became, as a Christian from the time that we accepted Jesus, a new creation. A new man or new woman. And the old man was put away. We do not have to live in our past. And understand, some of our old ways disappear instantly. But many others take a process. But what should be ultimately different now as a believer is our desire. What do you desire as a Christian? On this side of eternity, we still have our battle with our flesh. And we will always have it on this side. We will sin at times, even when we don't want to. But, that does not give us a license to do it. More importantly, when we do sin, when you sin, how does that make you feel? Do you feel disappointed? Do you feel ashamed? And are you truly sorry? Do you end up repenting? Which means to turn away from it. Or do you try to excuse it? To make excuses. And I've heard this one many times. I'm just human. You're right, we are. Or this one, I'm going to sin anyway. 
This is a person attempting to give themselves a license to sin and trying to justify the means. Maybe even to try to take away some guilt that they may feel. But as for me, God knows I am far from perfect. You can ask Rose. I'm far from perfect. As Joe has said it, Vinny, everybody that stands up here has said it at one time or another. None of us are perfect up here. You know, we don't have to be up here. We're allowed to be up here. But when I sin, it truly bothers me. Because every time you sin, you not only hurt God, but you hurt those around you. And I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want to disappoint God, number one, but I don't like when I hurt somebody around me that I love. Then Paul goes on in this chapter describing the structure of a Christian home. One, how the husband should be to his wife. Loving her as Christ loves the church. It's a tall call for us husbands. But how did Christ love the church? It was unconditional. And I can't say I always have no conditions with Rose. I can't say it. I'm ashamed to even say that, but I don't. Sometimes it's conditional. But then Rose puts me right in the place. <laughs> and then another thing that he tries to, in, in the family structure, is how we as Christian parents should be to our children. Not provoking them to anger. Oh, let me go back. This is another one. The wives aren't getting away. Now for the wife, how the wife should be to the husband. Submitting to him as unto the Lord. Now as the world sees it, they cringe. But if they submit as they do unto the Lord, it's much better. You know? But we as husbands need to give them something they want to submit to. Now the children, how they are to be to their parents. And that's honoring them. Then finally, now back then they had servants. So it was the relationship between the servant and the master and how they should be treated. Which I think can also be um, applied to relationships between boss and employee of today. We should be doing our jobs as Christians. Even if we do not like our boss, 
the best we can. We need to do it as on to the Lord. How would he feel if you kind of slack off a little bit? You know, maybe not put your all into it because you don't like the boss. You can't stand the co-worker. Or for me, I, I'm into computers. I've heard it done with time. And I've been tempted. I've been tempted to those people that are very demanding. And because they're demanding, I put them on hold. But that's not pleasing to God. You know. And many times I've won people over just doing the opposite. Loving your enemy. Many, many times. God knows what he's talking about. Now in closing. It was so important to Paul in helping others to see the goodness of God. And I know that's our goal up here when we teach. And we pray that we hope that we reveal through the, God's word, his goodness. Also, the treasure we received once accepting Jesus Christ as Savior. And the treasures that are hidden within his word that we should be seeking. And asking him to reveal to us Also, the importance of getting to know the authentic copy of God's word from the counterfeits out here, out there. There's a lot out there. There's a lot of garbage. There are really good cons out there. They will twist it just so. I've noted some people that have stumbled with Jehovah Witnesses. Because they're good at throwing scriptures at you, but they throw them out of context. If you don't know your word, you'll start questioning it and doubting certain things that they say. They're very good at it. But that is what is brainwashed into their head. You know, it was important to Paul, the apostle, that even prison did not stop him from writing this letter. And 13 others. Maybe Hebrews, I'm not sure. But it was that important to him. But how important is the word of God to you, personally? You know, how, how important it is to you to be in the word as much as possible. Even if you struggle. Even if you, you know, have a busy life. Like we all do. You know deep down inside if you can make that time, and we all can. We all have 24 hours a day. I think it's mainly how we prioritize our lives. And lastly, remember as believers not to forget we are new in Christ. That anything you may be struggling with or holding on to from the past, you don't have to. But know this, that if you're not saved, you will not be able to do it. But if you are saved, 
You're only going to be able to do it if you lean on him. And leave it all at the cross. We do not have to live as our old selves. But for those in Christ, remember this, all things are possible. I think I've said this before, but God puts the possible in the impossible. And as Romans 8.28 says, all things work together for the good. And that's all things. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.